0: Hi there, and welcome to PodRocket, a web development podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. Try it for free at LogRocket.com today. My name is Paul, and joining us is Kathleen McMahon. She's joining us to talk about what she calls digital gardening with Astro and MDX. Kathleen is an engineer, designer, and speaker. Welcome to the show, Kathleen.
1: Hi. It's really nice to be with you, Paul.
0: It's a pleasure to have you, Kathleen, because we've had some folks on the podcast before. We've like talked about Astro. Some folks are really passionate about it. When they try, they're like, oh, this is a great thing. And I know you have an interesting perspective because you're coming from Gatsby, which has been kind of one of the infamous poster childs of let's do things simple and get a good site going. And it's going to be great to get into your analogy about digital gardening and why these are so important. So To pop into it, what do you mean when you talk about your digital gardening? And what are like the concept of weeds and what do those mean to you within your garden?
1: So the concept of digital gardening, I got that concept from Joel Hooks. Joel Hooks is the creator of Egghead.io. And he created this blog post and a digital garden. And in his blog post is this one page and he had this quote. And it made sense to me. And let me just say the quote to you first. And this is why it just resonated for me. Um, First, his blog post is a digital garden, and it's not a blog. And what makes a digital garden is interesting. It's personal. Things are organized and orderly, but with a touch of chaos around the edges. And what that means about his blog is it's not just like an organized list of things like by date and paginated in order. It's just very organic. So this is why digital gardening (laughs) is interesting to me. It's personal. Things are organized and orderly. A little bit of touch of chaos around the edges. When I saw this quote of Joel's on his blog, I was like, this is perfect for me. Because personally, in my world, I struggle with progress over perfection in my life. And I'm always wanting to do all the things all the time. I've been learning like perfection is the enemy of done. So I'm always trying to like create these big projects, trying all the new things all the time. And when I do, I try to do everything in this big, like less Lexus bow mindset of creating all these features and wrapping it up in this big Lexus bow and making everything absolutely perfect before shipping. And that doesn't make sense when you're trying to ship features. When you're digital gardening, you can do things in a more organic way and just ship little things at once. Just make a blog post here, make a blog post there and have more of a tiny kitten bone mindset of doing things more organically, of make a post, ship it, make a post, post it here, post it there, and post when you feel like it, just a little bit here, just a little bit there, and not be as prescriptive. When you're talking about weeding the garden, it's when your garden gets stale or when you don't maintain the packages in your system or in your garden, or you don't maintain your blog posts, those can be the weeds, like the dependencies in your stack. So that's when your garden can get weedy. So it's like, what stack are you using? Are you maintaining those dependencies? Are things getting behind? Are you doing all those little commits that keep everything up to date when life gets ahead of you?
0: Now, when you say the digital garden can be like rough around the edges, and that's okay. It's part of garden being a garden. What in your personal sites that you have right now, what's an example of something being rough around the edges that in this frame of thinking is like, that's okay, that's comfortable, and it fits what I'm trying to achieve.
1: For me, like for my needs, my digital garden is, it's a static site. It's representing my personal work. Like I can have a page to represent like my recent talks or a little bit about me, a list of my upcoming talks. So like I can showcase some of my most recent talks, like a link to my YouTube pages and a link to who I am and a way to contact me. I'll like a quick page for that, a quick list of my upcoming talks and past talks. And a link to a list of my blog articles. And those articles don't have to be in order. I can pick and choose when I post those. And then I can feature a few if I want on the homepage. So it's just more like curated. I'm not deciding to have any sort of taxonomy on my site. So it's just more free-flowing and relaxed. And I can, in any of those blog posts, choose to update as I see fit. And when I originally created this digital garden, I used Gatsby because it was the hot stack at the time. Like 2020, it was like, yes, Gatsby, this is amazing. Static sites, and I could pair Gatsby with MDX. I could make these MDX pages, play around, create a, a nice blend markdown with React components because I'm a design system engineer. So I could like pop in some nice design system components, go to town, do some demos, do like live coding sandboxes and just play around with features and edit away and add things, take things away and just be more organic with how I add blog posts with less pressure of something that is more complex for me. I wanted something that was more simplistic and straightforward for me to edit and just publish, deploy and go.
0: So coming from Gatsby, you said like that was the hot framework at the time, like in 2020, and that was your intended digital garden. You wanted to start out with that, but you migrated away and you went into Astro. You switched your frameworks. What are some of the things, if we want to zoom in to something particular here, that were cumbersome about Gatsby that you found resolved in Astro? And if you could find one of those things that was cumbersome and then got resolved that like helped you change the way how you think about doing your development? That would be a great one to highlight.
1: I can think of a couple things. One, besides the fact that Gatsby has moved on and become more complex than what I need, because it's like I was using literally like this. It's a real, I mean, it's still, I'm going to say that Gatsby is still a great framework. It's just evolved past what I need it for right now. I need a static site generator. I want to just generate HTML and a little bit of JavaScript for when I need it. And I was doing a lot of configs just to set up four pages. If a side-by-side comparison of the Gatsby config versus the Astro config, if you just looked at the side-by-side comparison of the pages, like the Astro config, you could look at it as like one page and Gatsby config was like four to five pages long with all like the post CSS setups, all the plugins, everything else of the layers of complexity that you had to add in, to get the equivalent experience. Now, part of that was me trying to be fancy and trying to you know, extrapolate a folder outside of the source folder structure. However, but there were some other things in there about a post-CSS setup that, that it comes by default, support by default these plugins in to get the same level of support. And so I didn't have to hunt and peck for all these different plugins. I didn't have to do all these configs. I didn't have to do all these create page requests I didn't have to do three separate configs I didn't have to do a Gatsby config file a Gatsby node file and a Gatsby browser file I have one Ast- astro config and module js file one file versus three so that's one simplicity another optimization was I currently do not have to use graphql queries in my astro site I was using GraphQL queries to grab images locally for the six images on my homepage.
0: Interesting, right? Very interesting.
1: You're like, wait, I'm doing GraphQL queries. Wait a minute, I'm grabbing GraphQL queries to grab images from my local file to grab things, and then I like ship is like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? And then I'd have like queries for my index page, and then a separate query for my about page, and then another query for my speak page. You know, to generate from a YAML file and another query for my write page for my blog list. So I have all these queries. And you're like, this is pretty complex where in Astro, I could use content collections. I could still leverage the YAML file, the same YAML file and structure it where I could combine that YAML file and create some schemas with Zod and do some type safety and define a schema for each of those objects in the YAML objects and make sure that I am one. <laughs> everything is set up correctly, so I'm not making mistakes. And also when I'm defining those objects in YAML, also make sure that when I'm using that data and parsing it into any page layouts for this one Astro slug file that would dynamically generate routes for me instead of this other more complex page layout that you had to create in Gatsby, I could dynamically create routes through this one slug astro layout file and pairing the content collections with zod and this slug astro layout file i could add just this extra layer of safety so when i'm adding the mdx files that i already have from my previous site in gatsby that i'm migrating over to astro i can ensure that in the front matter i am not making any mistakes, and for any new files that I create in these folders, I am not making mistakes because I'm checking myself. So if I'm like working late and I do something wrong, it'll be like, hey, this is a string, or this is the number, or this is the format, because you already defined your schema. Stick to the plan, please. It's a little more rigid, but it also keeps you from making mistakes.
0: You're right. Totally.
1: Right? Which is a time saver, which is really nice. It's
0: an effort saver.
1: Yes. So you can have time to do other things and have fun with other things which I like.
0: I'd love to ask you a little bit more about content collections. Right before we hop into that, though, I just want to remind our listeners that this podcast is brought to you by LogRocket. If you're making a website, you're working on a platform application, and you want to spend more time writing your code and less time debugging errors in the console, you can head over to logrocket.com to try it for free. And you can use things like AI to help surface patterns and other trends that you might not have noticed, get features like heat maps, and other tools to help you build a better app. So back to Astroland. if we're talking about content collections, Kathleen, you've hinted that it's like a new way of organizing the content that you want to push up on your site, on your blog, whatever it might be. Why are they so powerful? And can you abstract the idea of a content collection for us? Is it, like, is it a folder? Is it a collection of folders? Could I like take content from somewhere else into my content collection? And why is it such a hit thing right now?
1: It is really powerful because it's this API that Astro is creating. If you're using the content collections API, what I like about it is in your project, you have this content folder and in there you can have like separate folders for your data, for your blog posts. You can just organize so many different things in your project. So it's just a great way to, one, keep a separation of concern for your project and Two, it's just a more lean way of managing your data.
0: If, if I was using a content collection yes. in Astro, does that give me more flexibility or ease of how I can like instantly push new static content into my build and up on my site versus in Gatsby? Yes. So what are some of the hoops that the content collection removes when you're pushing it up there?
1: For example, in Gatsby, you had to create pages and have these layouts, Right in your files, if you had to create nodes and create pages and structure your files. I was alluding to this a little bit later. I was talking about dynamically generating routes in your content collections. So in a content collection, which was added in Astro 2, you can do things like in your source slash content folder, you can pop in things like your documents. And you can have a config file where you can have your schema, which has the type safety for all like your files for whichever collections you're popping in, which will, you can validate, well, I was talking about how you can validate the the, the front matter of any of the MDX files that you are popping into the blog post that happened to be in the content, like the content slash maybe blog posts folder directory. Okay. And if you happen to have that slug astro You have that slug astro file created, right? Mm -hmm. Once you create that, that slug astro file allows you, when you pair it with the get collection function from the Astro Content API, and you pair that with this get static path function, it will allow you to parse your data and you can pop it into some of your functions. And it allows you to render in one of your layouts, allows you to parse your data and dynamically render all your posts. So whenever you add a new file in your blog posts directory, the slug astro file will be like, oh, add a new file, let's make a new route. And so it's a lot easier than when in Gatsby, you had to do this create pages, you know, using the create pages API, which is a lot harder to cognitively figure out, to set up and to make sure you're doing it correctly. This is make the slug astro file and make sure that you are using the get collection function, get your data use the get static paths, map the data, you know.
0: Would you say that like the API is almost built into the framework? I know the API is built into Gatsby, but it's at a different level. The abstraction level is lower.
1: Yes. One, the documentation is great. And two, the functions to me, they seem more modern in my opinion. And personally, when I was learning this, I was talking a lot with the maintainers and the community and The community is fantastic in answering questions and talking about the newest changes or if there were bugs. So I like how the maintainers are really on top of what's new or what's deprecated in the docs. They are really good about making sure their docs are up to date and explaining how their APIs work. That's one thing I really enjoyed, but also even reading through their docs and reading through even like the migration guide for Astro was very straightforward. For example. I've done a talk on this particular topic a couple times, and I've migrated from like Astro 2 to 3, and the way that they wrote that migration guide was just pure bliss, because it was step-by-step for everything. You don't see that very often, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they definitely have the docs written with the audience in mind as well. There are people coming to Astro that are there to get their business out there. Yes. They're not there to run an operation. Not that it can't, right? Of course. And and that's what I want to get into next. So I know you have a background of like a component expert. You're a design engineer, you build components all day. Right. And functionality and having JavaScript on the page is awesome. Right. If somebody wants to use Astro, I'm sure people who are familiar with it, they know that, oh, you can make an island. You can have these islands of interactivity. That's awesome. Right. You know, people might reach for Next.js, something like that, where it's like, hey, it's like interactive everywhere. On Astro, you have to like do this island thing. And it's okay, there's another thing between me and the clicky stuff happening. As somebody who really values taking complexity out, you value Astro. But also, as somebody who you want that interactivity, how do you find that process of including that into your scope of work or your deployed website? Like the complexity of it, do you find that it is. A barrier to entry if you're trying out the framework
1: no not at all okay that's what i enjoy about astro right now is that one i like that there's a couple things that i like about this because i was migrating from gatsby to astro i already had some react components in there and so one thing i could do is i chose to migrate most of the components but i didn't choose to migrate all of them because some of them were hard to convert and so i chose to leave certain ones as react And that is one of the benefits of Astro is that you can choose to leave components that are interactive as interactive and you could have them as interactive or like, you know, presentational that are not grabbing data and don't have to do much, anything really stateful, which is great. But I could also try Vue or Svelte or something else without any penalty. So one, I could choose to convert all my React components to Astro without penalty or leave some in without any issues because Astro already supports that. But along with keeping those Astro components, I could play around with converting a few of those React components to Solid if I want, and have play with Solid and React in the same repo.
0: So how do you employ NanoStores in your build?
1: I have yet to try it, but what we were talking about, the beauty of Astro and how you can try different frameworks before you opt into all of them at once. And you can share state between all of them.
0: Between your frameworks.
1: Yes. And that was gonna be my next step because right now I just converted my site. I was just finishing up converting my site and I was working through a few bugs. And once I finished that, then I was gonna try um, hooking them up and playing with NanoStore to see how it worked together. So that was the next step for me. And I was chatting with Attila Fasina. He works at Crab Nebula. He did a talk at React Alicante and he was talking about the different frameworks and how they can share state. And so he was mentioning NanoStore. And it's really nice about how you can be used to share a global state between all the different frameworks within Astro. And that is the way how you can do it in Astro to just do it at a certain level, which is a different use case than maybe Next.js. And so Astro is for one use case, Next.js is for different app use cases. Keep that in mind. But it's really beautiful that with Astro, you can use these multiple frameworks, try different things, share a global state and a global store between all these different components from different libraries. I find that pretty magical. And the fact that the view transitions is where I was hyper-focusing on. Once Astro 3 came out, I'm like, oh, view transitions, because my former designer self was like, what can I do with the transitions? Let me play with the transitions. And so I was really nerding out on that part to see where I could go and what could I could, what could, I could break with <laughs> like those.
0: Yeah, so view transitions, you can get page transitions out of the box.
1: Yes, you can. And so I played with those and I broke my site a few times with them.
0: So if we're summing this up, when you move from Gatsby to Astro in your experience, you still have MDX support. I do. But it's like completely baked in. You have this content collections API, which makes importing your static content much easier. Yes. It's like it's built into the framework. Yes. You have the ability to use whatever framework you want. And you're using that right now for migrating your site and your components. And you can do that incrementally.
1: Yes, over time. Yes.
0: All right. If we were to add like one other poster child of what you found was like a lifesaver moving from Gatsby over to Astro, what should we tack on to that list?
1: I still love the fact that all the cruft is gone.
0: Like the config stuff.
1: The configs still makes me the happiest.
0: Yeah, nobody likes doing config. That's dry.
1: I don't mind configs, but the level of config reduction right now is bliss. The type safety is heaven. So I'm really happy about the type safety. And the fact that I don't have to add in so many plugins, like plugin reduction. I would say plugin reduction. I mean, it's a newer framework right? So the ecosystem is smaller, but out of the gate, you still need a lot less plugins still regardless. And everything just seems just really fast. Really, really fast, really fast, magically fast.
0: <laughs> and we like fast.
1: Yes. Who doesn't?
0: Like Viewers fast. like fast. Yes. And we said a lot about all these great things about coming to Gatsby to Astro and your experience. Mm-hmm but you have both sides of the coin, right? Both of these frameworks. What are some use cases that you can contrive up in your head that would still benefit from the lower level of customization that Gatsby gives you in the same domain of like website building?
1: I still think some design system sites will still use Gatsby. I think it depends on like where you are in your level of your architecture. I think some sites will still migrate up to Gatsby because right now, so far, Gatsby... The one thing that I could not get to work yet was React Live. I haven't been able to solve it. The um, live sandboxing, I haven't gotten that to work with my components. So if you have any React components that you are working with in your MDX to do like sandboxing, I haven't successfully gotten that to work in my MDX files in Astro yet. So I think if anyone is using a design system... And they're using the React Live package, for example, to do any sandboxing demo environments to help their users to like prototype or do any quick demos of, hey, this is a use case, this is a usage guide for your component, and this is a little sandbox so you can try it out right now. I think they'll continue to use Gatsby until there's a use case for React Live support in Gatsby somehow in an MBX wrapper. I think that's one use case, especially.
0: Right. And that's like, specific to certain builds, right? That's not like... Right. It depends on the use case. And like you said, Next.js, that's for a different use case. Everything has its use case. And here we're talking about deploying your ideas quickly to the web platform.
1: I was thinking of a very specific use case because I'm like, I've thought of two specific like design systems that do use React Live in sandboxes. If you're doing that and you want to continue to use that because it is a really good feature, you're going to be hesitant to migrate away from that. And that's a valid reason why you'd want to stay on Gatsby.
0: All right, we're coming up on time here. If you want to see Kathleen's talk at React Next 2023, search up "Bye Bye Weeds." Go find her talk about the digital garden. Kathleen, do you blog? Of course, you know your website. Let's. Where can we point people to read more?
1: Um, I am Kathleen McMahon. and my site is still on Gatsby. I need to um, publish the one that is prototyped. I still have it deployed as a demo. My Astro one is deployed. It's just a Netlify, like a different URL. But yeah, so I'm KathleenMcMahon.dev. I've done this presentation at React Next. I have done it at React Alicante as well.
0: Kathleen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time.
1: Likewise. Thank you.